welcome to Making Sense with Movies. I'm Elena. I'm Claire. And welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is kind of a combination of two episodes we wanted to do. We really wanted to do a a horror Halloween episode, but realized we would not make it in time for Halloween and that Christmas and other holidays are fast approaching, so we thought might as well combine them. So we're going to be talking about five holiday horror movies, and we're ranking them kind of from least scary to most scary. So our first film is called Thanks Killing. The actor is uh, Jordan Downey, and this is from 2009. And this is... A movie. I would say it could be classified as a B movie, but I'd say it's a lot less uh, than a B movie. It's probably like an F movie, honestly. Agreed. This, I did not think was good at all. How we found this movie was I was like, oh, like, all of our movies shouldn't be about Christmas. Like, they should be about different holidays. And the initial title was A Turkey That Kills People. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. And I regret thinking that. Because this, <laughs> the only good thing I have to say about this movie is that it's an hour long. That is yep. it. Essentially, I think it's it's quite sexist, the movie. Oh, um, it yeah. kind of exploits naked women. It All the characters are not drawn out at all. Like, they're all one-note horror movie characters. Um, the final girl is utterly ridiculous, but essentially, it's about this turkey that was let that kills people, and that's basically it. Um, everyone in this movie is terrible acting. First of all, it was so unbelievable in every way. Yeah, no, the acting was obviously horrible. Um, important to note that the turkey talks. Oh. And the turkey is, like, very vulgar in the things he says. I agree, um, I agree. He's quite yeah, ridiculous. Gross. When I started watching this, I actually almost, well, I paused it, and I thought, this can't be the right movie because this seems like por- like pornography. That's kind of <laughs> what I thought it was at first. Oh, my God, that's exactly I what I thought. This actually is the right movie. Uh, I agree with what you said, though, about the friend group because, like, it's – a very dysfunctional group where I'm like, this is just not believable that they would ever be friends because they don't seem like friends and they're always, like, bashing each other. Yeah, they're all, like, insulting each other, which, like, I didn't get. So, like, the very thin plot to this movie and why we thought it was a porno to begin with is that it begins with literally, like, a shot of a woman's breast and it's this pilgrim woman and. F- like, everything that has to do with Native Americans or pilgrims is already, like, offensive, no matter what way you see it in this movie. But essentially, a turkey is going to kill her. And then he, like, talks about her breasts, too, and then kills her with an axe. And then the movie starts. And there's mm-hmm. a very, like, PowerPoint quality to this movie. Did you agree? <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, and then essentially it's, like, what, like, f- I think it's, like, five people going home for thanksgiving break and they essentially like i don't understand this friend group so essentially you have like ally who's kind of like the girl who has sex that's her characteristic then there's this other guy who's like kind of redneck then there's like the nerdy guy then there's johnny who like has a somewhat resemblance of a character but like kind of doesn't and there's the other girl who's, like, the prude and, like, the good girl and whatever. And those are the five people that we follow throughout the movie. Yeah, I thought the adults were also ridiculous. 
Yeah, because the one girl has the father who's the sheriff, and they kind of try to introduce all the parents and they do say how like oh each family is kind of dysfunctional in their own way, and then they've got like Turkey who goes and like kills the parents, and then like ultimately kills some of the um some of the quote unquote characters. I'm not even sure you can call them characters yeah. that we end up meeting. But also um, like the reason the Turkey is killing people is that like the whole idea was like there was this town of like native americans and you know also all the white people came in and you know destroyed them so they like put this spell on a turkey that would kill any white person the turkey sees and yeah that if you think like that's not what native americans do you're absolutely right um they also don't call them native americans in the movie they call them indians which is not something you're supposed to say anymore yeah, no, this movie just overall, I mean, obviously not recommending it to anyone, and very surprised that we found out there are um, five of these movies, at least, th- there's at least three of them, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a musical one, and then there's a third oh, one. Um, so oh, if you, like, <laughs> want to know how this movie ends, essentially the turkey kills literally everyone but Christian, who was, like, the prude of the group. And she, like, so first her and Johnny kill the turkey, and then the turkey goes into, like, radioactive, and then Kristen kills the turkey again, and then at the end of the movie, it's, like, a family eating Thanksgiving dinner, and the cooked turkey is, like, ready to kill them. Mm-hmm. And it was very weird. My, one of, I do think, like, this movie is so bad. It had some pretty funny moments, um, one of my favorite things was Johnny's relationship with his dad was so <laughs> hilarious. Okay, like, yeah, no, that part was funny because I guess Johnny got is not, like, the head football star anymore. Yeah. Because did he get hurt or something? Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, and then the father just, like, straight up won't talk to him because he's not the head of the football team anymore. Or he's not the captain. And there's this one scene where they're sitting together on a bench. And beforehand, the mom was like, don't lie to your father. Like, just tell him you're still not on the team. And, like, he doesn't do that at all. He was just like, yep, I'm on the team. And the dad has, like, a full 180 and, like, totally changes how he feels. Yeah. Like, that was bad writing, but it was funny to watch. (laughs) Yeah. No, my thing about this movie in general and, like, the writing and the characters is that, like, I felt like the writers knew and the actors knew that they were not taking this movie seriously and, like, not writing it seriously. And I feel like what I usually find funny about B-movies, like The Room, for example, is um, everyone is, like, trying to make the best movie they can, and it's just, like, everything about it is not good. But they include too many tropes about, like, the horror genre in general. Yeah. They just allude to it too much to being like, oh, we're we're totally aware that this isn't a good movie and we're playing into it. I feel like takes away that factor of being like so bad it's good, you know? Yeah. I think like this movie is just bad. Like one of the things is really weird. Like so how like Allie dies is that she's like having sex with this guy and the turkey comes in and kills the guy and then has sex with Allie. So he's like sexually assaulting her and then kills her. And it was just very gross. And, like, he's a turkey, yet he has, like, this very, like, gross man voice. And it's, yeah, yeah. But also, um, they're, like, reference, like, Hannibal Lecter. Did you notice that? Like, Silence of the Lambs? 
Yeah, no, I think, um, wait, hold on, to remind me, was there, like, a quote to it? No, um, the turkey kills Kristen's dad, and then Kristen, Johnny, and then the two of the other guys come to, like, they have to find this book to, like, kill the turkey or something like that, utterly ridiculous, and then the libraries are open, and Kristen's like, my dad has books, so that's the reason. Um, and then the turkey, like, answers the door, but with the dad's, like, flesh face Oh, on. right, yeah, And, yeah. like, no one bats an eye. That's the one thing I don't like either, is, like, no one bats an eye that there's a killer turkey, and then no one bats an eye when the turkey has stupid disguises. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And especially, like, going on to that point about the characters not realizing things they should or not, like, acting the way they should is, like, so many of their parents die, and, like, no one's upset about it. Yeah, like, know? Johnny's upset for a second, and then he's like, okay, gotta go kill this turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, and also, no one calls the police. No one, like, he's not like, yo, like, my parents are dead. Like, maybe someone should come collect their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, they, like, use, like, gay slurs in this movie, and I'm like, it's so cringy. Like, no one talks like this, even in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely not a fan. Will not be watching the sequels. Yeah, I definitely won't. I think it was a good experiment for this podcast to have a non-Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope someone makes a better Thanksgiving Thanksgiving horror movie. But yeah, it's not this one. No, not this one. Not at all. I'm trying to think if I've got any more closing things. The one thing I also wrote down was... At one point, their car breaks down, and all of them are like, well, I guess we'll just go camping in the woods. And I'm like, okay, well, this is realistic, because you're not going to have a group of five people. And instead of being like, oh, let's find some help so we can get home for Thanksgiving, like, oh, yeah, we're just all going to camp out instead. Wait, we forgot about the old man. Oh, right. Yeah, there's also um, an old man whose dog is killed by the turkey. But who also, he- like doesn't bat an eyelash about the killer like he knows about the killer turkey yeah he was weird. yeah so he shows up once in a while to like help them kill him he's there at the end um to kill the turkey too yeah Uh, he's kind of a random character they kind of just threw him in for no reason yeah i don't i don't understand like this movie really doesn't make much sense in Mm -hmm. general but like he really doesn't make much sense like the only good part about this movie was like, I, we gotta see some shots of that dog. And then the dog dies. <laughs> Alright, any any other thoughts about things killing? I'm, I'm good. I would say don't watch it. That would be my last thought. Yeah, I would absolutely say, do not watch this movie. You've been, if you do watch it, you've been warned. <laughs> okay, so the next movie we're gonna talk about is Anna and the Apocalypse. This is a movie from 2017 by John McPhail. This movie is a lot. It's a Christmas horror movie with zombies, and it's also a musical. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think the song Slap. Um, I thought some of the characters were pretty funny. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think this is one of the, I think this is like the most recent movie we're discussing. But also I feel like we we didn't, you know, get over our musical podcast episode because we have another musical on this list as well. I thought it was pretty funny. So, essentially, like, what this movie follows is a bunch of high schoolers, they're in the UK, and basically there's a zombie apocalypse, and they all kind of have to go through it, but they're, like, also going through, like, 
teenage pains. And then there's also, like, they don't know if their parents are alive. So there's that, like, emotional aspect, too. And they're basically trying to get back to their parents. Like, they're, they're on different sides of towns. Mm-hmm. Side of town. I like the zombie twist just because I feel like Christmas stories on their own sometimes, to me, just, like, can't hold up. Yeah. So what, my one big thing about this movie is that I really thought that the the songs were going to be, like, more Christmas-related or at least have, like, Christmas beats to them. I agree. Which some of them do. Some of them have, like, bells in them and whatnot. But I just think it should have either leaned, to like, really hard into the Christmas aspect and had songs that were Christmas-related or just, like, have a musical at any other time besides Christmas. Because I thought, to me, it was all a little much. Yeah. I agree. I I personally, like, I liked the songs. I thought that they were funny. Um, This movie does try, like, very hard to be, like, relevant. One of the things is that there's, like, it's, like, um, how many kids? It's, like, about, like, five main, like, teenage characters. And one of them, when they're all together, they are, like, looking, checking social media. And there's this thing called, like, evac selfie. That, like, it's these people taking, like, selfies with the zombies and then there's a like a Mary Shag Kill like zombie edition with but like famous zombies, which I thought was kind of funny. It was like a little cringy, but I think if you're like just gonna have fun with it, it's just like something to laugh at because it's like they're trying so hard to be like relevant. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was cute. I think like one thing about this movie is that they try a little too hard at the end to pull this like emotional weight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I just feel like with so many characters and all the characters having like their own separate problems, mm-hmm. we didn't really focus enough on the main character who, oh, obviously, I couldn't forget her. I couldn't remember her name, but it's Anna, obviously. Yeah. yeah, so we're essentially following Anna, who's the main character. So her mom is, is dead and her, she basically wants to travel after, after, um, when she's done with high school, but her dad wants her to go to like, university so that's like her thing and then she has her friend um I think John who wants to go to art school and then there's Steph who I think is the she's kind of like her parents are like out of the country for Christmas and she's like by herself which is kind of sad so she like kind of feels like she doesn't belong she's kind of like this overachiever mm-hmm. and then there's Chris who you don't really know much about but he's dating Lisa who also, you don't know too much about. And then there's Nick, who had hooked up with Anna, but they're, like, no longer hooking up any- anymore. And John doesn't like Nick. And that's essentially it. Nick is kind of, like, part of, like, the cool guy group. He, you know, is kind of a dick. Oh, and the Nick principal. one of the best songs, for sure. Oh, yeah, Nick definitely does have one of the best songs. And then there's... So, essentially, how, like, the apocalypse happens. At the beginning of the movie, there's, like, oh, they said there's, like, a flu, super virus, like, flu strain. And I was, like, wow, in COVID times, it's really getting too real. And so that night, there's, like, a Christmas pageant that the dad's a part of, and then Lisa, and then Chris's grandmother is there, and so is the principal, who is a complete dick. But so they're all at the school, and then... John and Anna have to work at the bowling alley and Chris and Steph are doing some sort of project. So when they all like wake up the next day, there's basically a zombie apocalypse and Steph, Chris, um, Anna and John are all trying to get to the school because that's where they think like Anna's dad is as well as like Chris's grandma and then Lisa. 
And that's, like, essentially the plot of the rest of the movie. I did think, like, one of my favorite parts of this entire movie is the night after the Christmas um, pageant when, like, the zombie apocalypse is happening. Anna and John sing this, like, great song about how they're, like, miles away and today's going to be a great day. And in the background is, like, the town burning cars crashing into each other the zombies like eating people and they're like super oblivious to it oh yeah no i i i thought that scene i don't know i feel like i had seen scenes like that before so that wasn't my favorite to me but the thing i do like about the zombies in particular in that scene is like they do get very graphic sometimes with like really showing the eating and like all the gore so i like that about they had some pretty cool deaths when they make it to the bowling alley and they meet, like, Chris and Steph. There's some pretty cool bowling alley deaths. One of the, like, um, zombies' heads gets used as, like, a bowling ball. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I think this movie is kind of horror. Like, why we put it in here was because it is definitely, like, pretty graphic, but there's also, like, a bunch of, like, jump scares. Yeah. I feel like. But, yeah, so, like, essentially the rest of the movie is... Like, Steph, Chris, Anna, and John trying to get to the school. Then they meet up. Once they get out of the bowling alley, they meet up with Nick and his friends. And the whole thing is, like, they've all, like, everyone else has been trying to kind of hide. They're trying to find their parents. And then Nick and his friends are, like, living their best life. Oh, like, yeah, killing like, zombies. They all have baseball bats, and they're all going after the zombies. Yeah. So I, feel, I thought that was kind of, like, a good idea to see, like, the difference or, like, how, like, some people would react So then Nick kind of joins them, and they try to go to school. And this is, I think, once Nick joins them is when it gets a bit more serious. Yeah. Because um, you realize then that Nick's dad has died. So the whole thing is that the town lives near, like, an army base. And the army, like, tried going in, but they basically all become become zombies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with up until that point, I was sort of not bored with it, but I guess... I don't know. I was kind of bored because, you know, I was watching this on the train. Uh-oh. and There was a guy like two seats ahead of me who was watching uh, the two popes. <laughs> and I just kept on finding myself like kept looking over at his screen instead of my own and being like, oh, what are the two popes doing? Like, <laughs> what are they up to? When Nick comes in, when it more picks up. Because that's when I think we take the zombies more seriously. Not that we weren't before. But this is where, like, like Nick's friends get caught and die and then become zombies. And then as soon as you think they're they're out, you know, like, John, like, he does this thing where the whole movie, they're trying to, like, name all the reindeers. And then when John finally does, he, like, puts his hand out. And as soon as he puts his hand out, some zombie comes and bites it. And oh, that was I, so I sad. About yeah. That was, like, really sad. I was, I, like, literally was, like, no, like, and then, then then he, like, sacrifices himself so the rest of the zombies, like, come at him so Anna and all the other people can come. Mm-hmm. I think from that moment, like, you're kind of, like, literally anyone could go. Because I really yeah. wasn't expecting John to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the characters in the group do end up dying because John's dead and then Chris and Lisa both become zombies. And I really did like those two No, I really liked Chris and Lisa in this, um, especially Lisa, and I really like her song in the pageant where it's, like, this very sexual song, but it's also pretty funny. And both of those characters end up kind of dying together, uh, like, in each other's arms. Yeah, that was kind of sad because they they have, like, a song in the beginning of the movie 
where, like, you, you think they're gonna, like, like, they really do want to be together. And then Chris's grandma dies just, like, from her heart, which I thought was, like, nice. But the whole thing was that I hated the headmaster. Like, the principal of the oh, school. Oh, I thought he was funny. He was funny, but he was, like, creepy. So the whole thing was that anyone from the Christmas pageant, the headmaster was like, we're gonna stay in the school. And then everyone wants to leave, and the headmaster is like, no, I'm not doing that. So essentially, he, like, like basically traps them in and gets zombies to come into the school. Oh, yeah, no, definitely um, not a good not a good guy, for sure. And um, then... It might have been a little much also making him a villain, too. Yeah, like, I thought... on top of all the zombies, that um, might have been a little bit overkill, honestly. I did agree. I thought he did make, like, a good villain, because he was kind of crazy. But, yeah, so, like, when all the kids... so. The people who make it is Nick, Steph, Anna, and that's it. They're the only three. Oh, and Chris, duh. Those three make it to the school. When they get to the school, the headmaster was like, oh, yeah, like, everyone's in that room. Just go there. And there are literally zombies in there. Uh-huh. So then they make it out. But when they had, they wanted to get car keys so that they could, you know, leave their terrible town full of zombies. So Steph and Chris and Lisa go. And then, like, at first it was, like, like, Chris got hurt, like, Lisa got hurt, and then you realize Chris got bit, and then you're, like, basically, like, that's it. Uh-huh. That was sad. And then, eventually, like, Anna wants to go find her dad, and the headmaster, like, has him tied up. And <laughs> Yeah, that's, like, so much. It's, like, when you're trying to survive yourself, I don't know why you'd go through the trouble of tying up, like, one of your student's parents, who, like, also happens to be there. Yeah, and then eventually she, like, pushes him into, like, a vat of zombies so that they can, like, you know, deal with the headmaster. And then when she goes to rescue her dad, her dad reveals that he got bit, too. That was sad. That was really sad. That actually made me, like, oh, darn it. Because you really think they're going to be together or they're going to both survive after they had set up before that, like, oh, they're having trouble in their relationship. Yeah. So I got to be honest, I wasn't expecting that part. Yeah, and then, yeah, the only three survivors is Steph, Nick, and Anna, and that's it. Everyone else you know in this movie dies or becomes zombies. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though everyone died, Anna now gets to travel. That's true. That was, like, kind of, like, a weird, like, fucked up way to get her her way. Like, oh, no, like, she doesn't have to stay in her town because it's overrun by zombies and everyone she ever knew is now either dead or a zombie. I thought they, I also thought, like, another fucked up thing was that, like, Nick, like, killed his dad. So Nick's dad got, like, bitten by a zombie, and he's telling this to Anna, like, this is, you're not seeing this in the movie. Um, but, and then he basically was, like, Nick's dad was, like, yeah, you need to kill me. Like, if you have to do anything, like, you know, do it. I was, like, that mm-hmm. has to mess you up. Yeah. Oh, poor Nick. Yeah, but this is also a movie, I'm not sure I could recommend it. I would. I I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was, like, a really fun, like, Christmas movie. Because I had the idea, like, you kind of have to make your own family and, like, survive. And then it had some fun songs. I think, uh, at least for me, I think it had potential. But I just don't think... It, I think it was executed too much. I just think there's just too much going on with it. I can, I can see that. I can see that. But... What was your favorite song out of all of them? Oh, definitely either Nick's song or the Christmas song. And I do like the one in the beginning, but just I thought the choreography with like 
there was so much head movement as like the dancing. I was that's like, true. oh, that's kind of weird looking. Yeah, um, definitely Nick's Nick's song was my favorite. Yeah, that was, was the most like upbeat. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I did like Lisa's song. Lisa's song was fun too. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else about this movie. Well, I, I did. Guess- I did like that it was, like, super colorful. I feel like when it comes to, like, horror movies, it's kind of very, like, dark and scary. But this one, like, you had, like, they were in a ball pit at some point. Like, they're outside in the daylight, you know, trying to get the zombies. It's Christmas is happening, so, like, lights are up. I did, like, appreciate that because it kind of, at least for me, like, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies, so it kind of, like, made it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the scene that took place, um, in the Christmas tree farm. I like that yes. one, too. Yes, that was, that was the one where Nick's friends die, and then John dies, too. Yeah, that was, that was I think, like, the most jump scare. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you're, like, you're most nervous, because you can't see really see anything. You don't know what's going to happen. Any last thoughts? I applaud this movie for trying to go outside the box. That's it's, what I think of this movie. Nice, nice. <laughs> Our next movie is a Halloween and a Christmas movie classic, and it is Nightmare Before Christmas, our final musical of this bunch. Um, I love this movie growing up. I, what Did you ever watch it growing up? Yeah, I was going to say, this is one of those movies that whenever it was Christmas um, and we were in school, all the teachers would always start to show this, but then like stop since classes weren't that long so yeah this is one of those movies where i've always seen the beginning but never all the way through oh really yeah so this is the first time i had watched it all the way through and i can definitely see why people like it so much because like the stop motion is amazing and this is definitely one of the disney movies um with the most personality and it just seems like one of those movies where you can go back every time and look at all these little details. Like, I was even reading different theories online that people have about the movie, and there are really so many. Like, people go so in-depth with this movie. I think uh, also... I one of the theories I have later. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. One of the things, like, I did like about this movie is that I've seen it a couple of times is that you do see something new every time, and I think that has to do with not only, like, the director and the animators, but the fact that it's, like, claymation. Is that yeah. you have to spend so much time doing everything that everything is, like, really detailed. Like, some of the things, like, I didn't notice as a child that are, like, much darker is that one of the characters in the Halloween town is a tree with, like, hanged victims on it. Oh, my gosh. And Yeah, and you, like, don't really notice it because, like, they're singing happily about, you know, that. But also, like, you listen to the lyrics. Like, they're pretty grotesque. Like, there's a very kind of undertone of, like, grotesque humor throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, which, like, I appreciate more, like, now that I can kind of, like, go more into depth in it, but when I was younger, I probably didn't see as much. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, uh, if you don't know what this movie is about, it's about Jack Skellington, not Skeleton, um, who essentially is, like, this pumpkin king of Halloween Town, and he becomes kind of bored with it. He's like, I want to do something else, and he discovers Christmas Town, which is where you know, Santa lives and the elves, and he decides to take over Christmas. And everyone but one person is like, this is a good idea. (laughs) Um, And it follows him, and then you have a bunch of other, like, kind of quirky characters. You have Sally, who is kind of like our Frankenstein monster character. She's kind of kept um, by this dog. They don't call him, it's like a version of Frankenstein. I forgot, like, what his name is. Um... (laughs) 
Yeah, but he was like he he's kind of creepy. had like a duck speak almost. Yeah, he was really creepy. So essentially, she's kind of like kept and is kind of like owned by this this doctor. So she's also like trying to break free. One of the running jokes is that she constantly is poisoning him. That was actually pretty funny. I I um, enjoyed that part. Sally just overall was a pretty cool character, especially like uh, her being able to use her disembodiedment yeah. like, to her advantage all the time. I love uh, that, like, yeah. One of the final scenes, she's like uh, kind of toting her leg in front of the main villain, like her whole leg. And he, like, goes up to it, and it turns out, like, oh, it's just the leg. Like, there's no other body attached to it. Yeah. Uh, and there's running jokes like that throughout the movie, and I, I like that about it. Did you notice when, so, once, so the whole, like, movie opens up with this, like, you know, this is Halloween, which is, like, it's the, it's basically Halloween day, so everyone is there singing their song and, like, scaring kids and whatever. And Jack is introduced in a great introduction. He's, like, set on fire, and then yeah. opens up and you realize it's Jack Skellington. And when he, like, leaves to go to the cemetery, there's, like, a band playing. And they call him Bone Daddy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, t- I did uh, take note of that. I thought it was so funny. I know. I kind of feel like they made his character, like, oh, we want to make his character somewhat good-looking. But we need to make him a skeleton, so how can we do this? So they're like, you know, let's just make him, like abnormally tall and have like legs almost the size of his whole body yeah he's very kind of bug-like and he has super tall limbs which for me like right reminded me of the mom from Coraline which like kind of makes sense because Henry Selleck who directed Coraline also directed Nightmare Before Christmas so you can see kind of like a running theme at least like for me kind of like on what is creepy about Mm -hmm. like both of these movies yeah and then I, I liked about this also was that, like, Jack is, like, in the wrong. Like, the whole idea of the movie is that you're supposed to be, like, comfortable with, like, who you are. Like, you shouldn't try to be someone else. The whole idea is that Jack's, like, I don't want to be the Pumpkin King anymore. I want to be, you know, Santa Claus, which they actually, like, mispronounce as Sandy Claus. Because um, they think he has, like, actual, like, lobster claws or something. But, and then the end of the movie, he's kind of like, you know what? Like, I'm good at being the Pumpkin King. Like, why shouldn't I be anything else? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, like, a very kind of, like, wholesome theme for a kind of gross movie. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And Sally's trying to, like, she's the one character who's just kind of trying to point that out the whole time. Yeah, she's right the, the entire time. kind of gets in on it just because they all respect Jack. Yeah. Um, the one character that I really like is the mayor of the town, who's, I forget his name, but he has, like, a two faces on both sides and his head like twists like in a complete 360 yeah and at one point like he's asking jack for some kind of advice and he says i'm only an elected official here i can't make decisions by myself yeah i i I like that that too yeah that's pretty funny i also really like um i think like the animation's really great in this movie um like the choices they made to have like the halloween town be very void of color it's very gray one of the only times you truly see color is kind of Sally has kind of some muted color. And then when Jack goes to the um, cemetery, that's like the classic shot of him walking up the hill with the moon in the background, like huge moon. And then uh, when he goes to Christmas Town, it's like bright colors, bright white, red, green, you know, kind of like 
so different. I really liked that because I think it showed the drastic difference and also the drastic, like, difference that these, like, two holidays technically are. Yeah. And I, I like the Christmas song, too, that they have. When Jack yeah. goes to the Christmas village and he's singing, like, oh, what's this? What's this? Yeah. Uh, that's a catchy song. The music is really good. Uh, done by Danny Elfman, um, who's pretty famous. He's, like, the composer for Spider-Man and a bunch of other stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, but he sings for Jack Skellington. Um, he does a really good job. Yeah, definitely uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie. One of my favorite songs was actually, like, Jack's Ballad. It was a song, like, growing up I didn't like as much. Um, and then I, like, rewatched it now, and it's the song where he, like, is singing about how he doesn't want to be the Pumpkin King. And I was, like, I actually, like, it was really well done. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, really like it now, which I was shocked. Cause I used, like, every time I, like, listen to the soundtrack come, like, Halloween, I would skip that song completely. I'm, like, yeah. I've been missing out. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, a lot of good songs, but the only song that ever gets played is This Is Halloween, honestly. It's just, like, appropriate, uh, but, yeah, really, like, you know, don't take the other songs for granted. They're really good. Yeah, so, essentially, like, I don't, you don't really know, like, how Jack, like, got to the, the whole thing is that, like, there's, like, this woods, and there's a bunch of doors to, like, other holidays, and the only ones I think you can see are, like, Easter, Valentine's Day, um... St. Patrick's Day, and then there's Christmas and Halloween. And he essentially goes through the Christmas store and takes a bunch of stuff back. And I love the scene where he's trying to explain Christmas to the people of Halloween Town. He's like, you know, what's, like, oh, look at this. Like, it's a present. It's wrapped in. It has something good. And they're like, oh, like, does it it kill you? You know, is it scary? Um, Like, they're all trying to make basically, like, all these things about Christmas, like, scary and weird. And he's like, Uh he's like, how do I explain it to them where they understand and they never really do. And he tries to, like, explain it through science. Yeah, he gets the scientific method, and he's, like, cutting into, like, teddy bears and, like, looking at the fluff and, like, putting toys into water. It was very... It was, like, actually, like, very wholesome, I felt like. Yeah, like, he was really trying. But then in the end, he's like, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do Christmas our own way. And he basically gives everyone a job, and everyone just makes, like, toys scary they make you know um his outfit they make you know the reindeer because he reads all these stories about christmas and he basically just interprets them in like such a different way uh-huh. and then he gets three kind of like trick-or-treaters to kidnap santa claus and first they kidnap the easter bunny by accident that was funny and then eventually they they do get him and they, like, show him to the Oogie Boogie Man, which, like, growing up to me, and I think still, even when I watch this movie, is probably one of the, cre- like, the, sc- the scariest characters. Yeah, no, he has, like, a very creepy character design. One of the notes I took on him is, like, wait, when was this guy ever established as the villain? Because it seemed like all of a sudden he was the villain, and I'm like, but when did he just introduce, like, has he been here the whole movie? He hasn't, so he's introduced, he has a song that he sings to Santa when he comes through, um, but he's introduced basically as kind of like, you don't know what he's supposed to look like, so when, like, when Jack asks the three trick-or-treaters, hey, I want you to kidnap Santa Claus, but don't tell the Oogie Boogie Man, like, I don't want him involved, so, like, from that moment, you're like, okay, there's something weird about this guy, and then they're like, you know what, we're gonna give him to the Oogie Boogie Man, because that's what we do, and... Uh- 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, for me, like, the idea, like, what made so scary when I was younger was that you don't really know what he looks like. Uh-huh. But he's, like, kind of, like, he's kind of scary because, like, when they feed him this, like, bug, it comes back and the cage is gnarled and he has these, like, really creepy dice that he uses. Um, he has a very, like, casino theme to his, like, lair. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also... Um, the song they sing about so the three kids when they get this task for to kidnap Santa Claus, they sing this song and it's incredibly violent. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're like, oh, should we blow him up? Should we put him in a cage? Should we drown him? Whatever. Yeah, no, I I remember that because I was thinking during that scene, like, this would not fly in a Disney movie today. Like, people would be up in arms just because, like... I don't know, talking about poisoning people and, like, kind of, like, dismembering Santa Claus. It's like, uh uh-uh. The public, I just feel like it would not go for it. Yeah, I feel like definitely, like, this movie, I think probably could still be made today, but there's definitely, like, a lot of, like, tongue-in-cheek things about this movie that I felt like when when you think about how, like, Disney produced it, I kind of, like, had to take a step back and was like, really? Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is different? (laughs) Oh, but the one the one theory that I saw was someone came up with ways that all of the characters had died before they, like, came into this life. Oh, that's uh, cool. Like, so Jack was burned alive, and you can tell because during the opening when he kind of, like, burst into flames. Mm-hmm. And then they have Sally as being dismembered, but that's sort of up in the air because it does seem like she was created. Yeah, and that's it. And the doctor who was poisoned, and yeah. then... Um, the mayor of the town who has, like, the neck that goes both ways, he had his neck broken. That makes sense. And there's a few other characters who are, like, kind of unknown, but they have, like, frozen, suicide, drowned. And then the Oogie Boogie Man was skinned alive, and we've got one other person who was electrocuted. Cool. I think yeah. definitely Sally was made because her, like, dad figure in the movie was, like, I made you. Yeah. So she's probably come up from different parts. Um, I do think, like, Sally was always one of my favorite characters, mostly because she's the only one in the movie that, like, realizes something bad is happening, where she's, she's like, maybe we shouldn't take over something that we don't really understand. And she tries to warn Jack about it, and he's like, no. And then she's, she's kind of the one to end up, like, trying to save Santa in the end. And, like, save Christmas. Because, like, basically everything goes as planned, you know, Jack is giving kids scary toys, and then literally all the humans, like, turn against him. Like, they, they use their army and they shoot him out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was something for sure. Yeah. I, I just can't believe Jack would kind of go... I, I never knew from the beginning that he was going to, like, try being Santa, like, anywhere uh, other than the Halloween town they were in, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, I think you don't really know it, but, like... Yeah, I, I remember watching this movie. Like, it's pretty iconic when he puts on, you know, the Santa suit and he still looks super creepy. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, I thought this was a really good movie. I think it's definitely, like, always worth a rewatch because you do notice something new. Like, one one of, like, my favorite details is, like, the vampires with their umbrellas when it's out in the daylight. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. I think you can always find something, like, new about this movie, and I think that's, like, what makes it so exciting. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Okay, wait, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's always a discussion whether this more leans towards 
a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie, and what do you think? I think technically this is a Halloween movie because it, like, first takes place in Halloween, and then also, like, it's more scary than it is, like, wholesome, like you would think a Christmas movie to be. Yeah, I, I agree with that, because I feel like a lot of people make the argument, that, like, oh, Christmas is in the name, therefore it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. And while there are Christmas elements to it, I feel like its basis is Halloween, you know? I agree. I think it's it's scary. Like, it's truly, like, a, like, scary movie. Like, I used to be so scared of, like, the Oogie Boogie Man, like, growing up, and, like, have nightmares about it. So I think it's a, just because of that in and of itself was worth it. Like, it's Halloween. <laughs> I'm saying it. <laughs> All right. So shall we move on to our next movie? Yes. Our next movie is Silent Night, Deadly Night. This is the first one. Um, this one is, I feel like, not so much, like, super scary, but more, like, nerve-wracking for me. Yeah, it's more like a s- psychological than it... I mean, it is a slasher movie. Yeah, it definitely um, is. But... Basically, this follows the story of Billy, and he's a little boy, and he and his parents go to visit his grandfather, who's in um, the Utah mental facility, Mm -hmm. and they get there, and the grandfather doesn't speak, just looks forward, but when Billy's alone with him in the room, the grandfather actually can talk and tells him all about how, like, Santa's hurts uh, the naughty people. And this just, like, really scares Billy, and it just so happens on that same night, um, a Santa Claus who we had previously seen uh, killing a man for money in a convenience store uh, brutally murders his mother and father. Uh, and this sends Billy and his brother to an orphanage, and this is the story of just Billy growing up and essentially becomes the thing he had always been afraid of when he was little, of, like, a Santa Claus who murders people on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Yeah, and during his time at the orphanage, there's this mother superior who basically, like, physically punishes Billy when he acts out and who kind of keeps forcing him to, like, meet the Santa Claus. They're at at an orphanage, so over Christmas, like, Billy gets way more agitated than he normally would, and mother superior is, like, he's gonna sit on Santa's lap, like, he's gonna be a good kid, and every, like, year like he punches santa or he gets really scared and then mother superior comes and like hurts him and there's another nun at the orphanage who's like this like he needs help like he's gone through something like incredibly traumatic and it's kind of like those two forces and how these like incredibly like traumatic events in his life like kind of shape who he is and you like see the santa like kill his parents like he, like, the Santa, like, not only kills his dad, but, like, assaults his mother, too. Yeah, no, I obviously hated to see that. Um, and then there's one another... One of the things I always have trouble with, and this is just, um, like, throughout horror in general, is, like, the women are always brutally murdered so much yeah. more than the, the men are. Like, for example, the husband is just, like, a clean shot to the forehead, and then, like, the mother is seen, like, ripping her shirt off and, like, slitting her throat. Yeah, you know, that was really graphic. Yeah, that was really graphic. And then when he's older, he sees, I guess, these two people having sex. And that, like, reinforces this, like, negative um, relationship between, like, sex and violence for him. 
Because mm-hmm. when he sees that Mother Superior comes and is like, what do you see? And he was like, nothing. But then she, like, beats him for doing something else. So I think that just, like, reinforces it. Mm-hmm. And I think also, like, if you... There's more, like, I think violence towards women in this movie. Like, I agree, like, the deaths for the women in these movies, like, they're all topless, essentially. Yeah. Almost all of them. And they're all, like, way more grotesque mm-hmm. in this and movie. I've, I've always wondered why that is in horror movies. Because on one hand, I always think it's, like, is it because this is how we see women as, like, the quote-unquote, like, weaker gender? Or, I don't know. I, I That's one of those things that I'd be interested to go back to the source and figure out, like, why does this happen? Well, I think also there's the idea that, like, there are men who are writing these films. Yeah. Like, there's way more female nudity in this movie than there is male. Like, there are men writing these movies. Think about Thanks Killing. Like, there was no need to have, you know, female nudity in that movie at all. Yeah. But it's just this guy writing it who's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to write it and I'm going to show boobs because I want to. And, like, that's what it, especially in Thanks Thanks Killing, that's what it seemed like. In this movie, there is some aspects of that, but, like, not every single woman is treated the same, but they're very similar. But basically, as Billy gets older, he's 18, where we kind of see him for the rest of the movie. And um, he gets a job at a toy store. And he's doing well for himself. He kind of, like, has some friends. You know that he's living out of the orphanage. And, you know, he's, like, cursing now. Like, it's a lot more, I think, vulgar when he's older. In the sense of, like, what he's saying and what's happening. Where before it was, like, there are things happening to, like, other people. That was quite, quite graphic. And essentially, how this is all, how this, how this all triggers him is that the Santa for the toy store, like, broke his ankle. So they get Billy to do it, like, not knowing what happened to his parents or what happened at all. And then he sees, basically, um, one of his co-workers get, like, assaulted and gets reminded of his mother and then goes on, like, a murderous rampage. Mm-hmm. And the deaths are pretty um, graphic here. Like, he chokes the guy who was assaulting his co-worker with string lights. And he, you know, stabs the girl with... Oh, he, like, cuts her open with, like, a, a scissor or something like that, or a knife. And then he, like, uses a bow and arrow at another woman, and he uses this axe... Yeah, and there's the one woman who, like, he hangs up on a pair of antlers on the wall. Yeah, there's one scene that they do, th- they do the same thing for almost every victim, where they'll, like, introduce them first, and then they'll have him, like, come in and kill them. Mm-hmm. So you have another scene where it's, like, a girl and her boyfriend, like, making out, and obviously she's topless. Um, and she goes to get bring her cat in, and she's topless when this is happening, too. And basically, Billy comes in, and she tries to call the police, and she can't. And he, like, they have a, I guess, like, a, a deer mounted, like, a deer head mounted on the wall. Picks her up and pushes her into the deer oh. antlers, which was really gross. They, did, they had pretty good special effects, I feel like, because I was still pretty grossed out. Yeah. And then he, like, throws the boyfriend outside of the window. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was also a lot. Um, but he does, oh, and she has, like... And then the other death, which I was like, oh, that's kind of random. He, he goes um, to kill these two boys, or, like, they're not really boys, maybe high schoolers. Yeah, high schoolers. 
Yeah, who are just sledding. And I'm like, they haven't done anything wrong to, like, Billy's naughty standards, I feel like. Well, no, they bullied the other two kids. The boys on the sled? Yeah, they bullied the other... So, the whole thing is that you realize that he's, like, killing people. He, he, the whole idea is that, like, people need to be punished because they're naughty. Is that... So, like, for the boys on the sled, there were two original boys there who were going sledding. And these two, like, bullies came along and they are like, we're going to take your sleds. And they do. Oh, man, I do not remember that at all. I just remember the... They're going down the hill and then being axed and decapitated. Yeah. I, like, I saw that coming and I was still, like, I was still oh. sho- shocked that it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like just so much of the murder could have been prevented if just from a young age they prevented, um, yeah, just from a young age, Billy was told, like, this is what happened instead of trying to hide it from him, you know? I don't think hiding it. I just think he needed, like, therapy. Like, he never addressed what happened to his parents, and everyone else just wanted to, like, ignore it. Everyone was was like, oh, he should just, like, get over it and, like, and, like, you know, enjoy Christmas, when clearly, like, Christmas was a very difficult time for him and a very, like, like, he's being reminded every single year of one of, like, the worst moments of his life, and everyone else is, like, super happy about this, you know, moment when he's, like, clearly, like, struggling, and then he has, like, mother superior who punishes punishes him for like what kind of like how he reacts to what's happened i think really if that other nun who like clearly said he needed help had like taken charge this wouldn't have happened you know i yeah no i agree with that i just don't think the nuns ever told him i think they made a point of that and when whenever he has flashbacks he like is kind of reminiscent of something that happened but like was never Acknowledge never established because I do remember there was one point where okay I kind of forget the the point but I don't think they told him I'll have to go back and look yeah but they do say like the nun um so the whole thing is that um how like the police kind of figure out there's this killer Santa is that once Billy like kills everyone in the toy store he like exits and starts to go to other people and the nun who like when he was younger was kind of like on his side comes to visit um, she finds everyone dead and goes to the police station, and she notes that there's, like, a logic to his madness. That, like, there's reasoning behind that. He's not necessarily, like, he's going crazy, but that, like, it's more like he's reacting to something traumatic, like, mm-hmm. which I kind of thought was, like, interesting. Um, one of, like, the worst parts of this whole movie was that cop that kills the wrong Santa. Oh, that was horrible, and then the nun goes to talk to the cop and was like, how could you have made such a mistake like that? He was dressed as Santa, and they were like, well, we're trying to, like, the murderer's dressed as Santa as well. Yeah, and it was so sad, because the idea was, like, they all think Billy's going back to the orphanage to kill Mother Superior, who I kind of wanted to die, I'm going to say. Like, if anyone deserved to die, it was kind of her. She's terrible. So the cop is, they're like, oh, watch out for a Santa so he goes and he tries to, he says, like, oh, you know, like, drop, don't come any nearer. But apparently the guy was deaf and didn't hear him. And he kills the Santa in front of all the orphanage children. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as you saw that other Santa, you can kind of feel like, oh, this is definitely not the right Santa. Yeah, I had I had, I had that in my notes. It was like, like he, he wasn't the right Santa. Like, it didn't, it didn't seem that way. Um... <laughs> 
And then eventually, like, as soon as he's, like, about to kill Mother Superior, the main cop comes and kills him. In front of his little brother, too. Yeah. So the whole thing was that he had, like, a brother. That's where, that's where the sequel picks up. Where, yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the younger brother has kind of continued the same, to, I guess, now family tradition of dressing up as Santa and murdering, quote-unquote, naughty people. Yeah, the whole thing is that at the end of the movie, it zooms in on the younger brother, and he says, like, naughty, like, to Mother Superior, and it just realized that, like, it's just continued from, you know, Billy to his brother. And, you know, there's, like, a lot of these movies, um... Really? I think there might, there's definitely... Okay, this is the one where there's five of these movies. Five? Yeah, there's five. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night... Toymaker is the last movie in the trilogy. Oh, wow. I mean, not the trilogy, the in five the, movies. That's a yeah. lot of them. I really only thought there were two. Yeah. I know, that's pretty crazy. This is another one of those movies where it's like, I don't know how you got five movies out of this concept. Yeah. But. Well, apparently, when the movie, like, first came out, there was, like, a big pushback from, like, like a mother's association or something. Huh. Where I feel like I feel like like what we were talking about before and like Nightmare Before Christmas, like making Santa Claus to be this like negative figure, like that happens here, like a, a huge like pushback here, and the actor who played Billy apparently like he like stopped acting after this, and he oh. like like really was like yeah you know what like this was bad, but has like come to terms with it now and has now like like started acting again like whatever like thirty years later or something. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad he's back, too, because he was actually yeah. he was pretty good in this movie. Yeah, I just don't see, like, if you have Christmas songs saying he knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, like, yeah. you got to expect some Christmas horror movies out of that. But also, like, they use that songs in this movie, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, kind of to their event, like, he'll, like, t- um, during one of the points where he's, like, hunting down one of the women, the workers in the toy store with an axe, he's, like, saying the, like, santa rhyme where like you're like you better watch out and like he doesn't even change any words it just like is creepy now considering the context any last thoughts so overall um this isn't my favorite movie out of all the ones we've gone through but definitely um yeah it's a fine movie like it's a good slasher movie i suppose and i think it incorporates christmas pretty well Um, i agree it is like a good psychological thriller because i feel like there is a lot to talk about about if like what, how, what would this effect have on a child, like, um, during Christmas, so. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I, I liked this. I thought it was definitely, like, a good, like, you know, thriller movie. Um, I like that it was in Utah. You got to see a lot of cool drops I thought was really fun. Um, True. Yeah, I love the mountain backdrops. And you know who deserves a shout-out? The grandfather in the beginning, that actor, I don't know who he is, but, like, he was really good. He was. He was, he was creepy. <laughs> Definitely creepy. And our last movie on the list is Black Christmas, um, the 1974 version. There are, like, two other remakes of this movie. So this is a Canadian movie. Um, who is it directed by? Oh, um, Bob Clark. Bob Clark, who, if you, you did not know, also directed A Christmas Story. And Black Christmas is considered, like, a pretty great horror movie, so I find that really funny that he... First, like, first directed, I think, a horror movie about Christmas, and then also kind of created this very, like, 
iconic Christmas movie that people watch every year. So yeah, and this movie is honestly like pretty scary. Like it this starts is, out, yeah. um, point of view shots with this like really eerie like uh, Christmas music kind of like a carol in the background. Yeah. So you see exactly like what the killer sees, and it's about this like group of sorority girls who are kind of killed off one by one. And we're following the main character. Well, there's a few main characters. There's yeah. uh, Barb, who's kind of like... A mess. The, the drunk. <laughs> um, I yeah. guess. Because that, that's how she's shown throughout. And then I guess it would just be the, probably the main girl we're watching. Yeah, Jess. Yeah. Um, Jess, not- whose boyfriend is Peter. Who's... Uh, he's played by Keir Dula, who's from 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's oh. how I know him, at least. I don't know. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, so it follows, like, these girls, but the thing about the killer is that you never see him. You only see him in, like, this, not in you only know that kind of he's there from this point of view shot where, like, it's all of a sudden, like, it's a shaky cam, and you can hear, like, this really heavy breathing. Um, And the thing about, like, you don't really know why he targets these girls or what's going on. You know that he somehow gets into the house and when he gets into the attic, he just kind of starts to kill these girls. And after every kill, they receive this, like, creepy kind of vulgar phone call. Where, like, it's this guy on the phone who's also, like, breathing heavy, kind of. Like, you can't really tell what he's saying. And there's always, like, someone... They always kind of say something... He always kind of says something, like, gross. Or, like, there's always, like, a woman screaming. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like... Like, they don't, they don't know that their people are dying. Um, but that's kind of how you realize, like, there's something more going on. Because they've been getting these calls yeah. for a while. Like, it has, it's not, like, yeah. just started now. Because they get the first phone call at, like, a Christmas party when they're all together. And at first, they're not taking it seriously because they're like, oh, my God, check out this guy. He's calling again. Uh, and they all kind of get around the phone and are just kind of laughing about it a little bit. Yeah. Just like, who is this? But it does keep on happening, especially after the one character, Claire, is really brutally murdered up yeah. in the attic. Um, also, not all... like, saran wrap around her, basically. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of and... put into this, like, rocking chair, kind of very psycho-esque. And so, essentially, Claire is the first one to die, and she's missing. So that's how you kind of know something's wrong. Like, you as the audience knows, but the characters kind of know something's wrong, is because her dad waits to go pick her up and she doesn't make it so he goes to the house and he's like where's claire and they can't find her so that kind of starts this snowball effect into like what's going on and then more and more people go missing mm-hmm. and they do go to the police for it who like totally brush them off saying yeah. like oh she's probably at her boyfriend's house but like uh the guy she's seeing is like no like, we're all trying to find her, and you're not doing anything about it. Yeah, it's not until, like, a man comes in and is like, you should be looking for my girlfriend. Is that, That's when the police take them seriously. It's also, like, it's that one, po- that one police guy who kind of is like, he always says the same thing, that it's always like, oh, it's a boyfriend, like, calm down. And literally, like, some of the cops to him are like, you're dumb. Like, they've been getting, like, weird calls and there's like a girl missing like you should put it together yeah because there's like a child that dies at one point too. yeah like a young like, like never meet her. yeah she's like uh, 13 she goes missing and they find her body in the in the park 
So that's when you kind of realize, like, at least the characters start to realize it's getting more serious. And they're like, oh, that can't happen to Claire. But then you as the audience are like, it does happen to Claire. And, like, while this is all happening, like, kind of all the characters are going through their own thing. So, like, Jess is um, pregnant and she wants an abortion, but her boyfriend Peter doesn't and is trying to, like, get her to not have an abortion. Um, And then there's Barb, who's basically her mom was like, don't come home for Christmas. So Barb decides to be drunk the entire day. And, yeah, that's kind of it. That's, like, the main characters. You kind of know Peter kind of sucks. He, like... Oh, yeah. No, Peter definitely sucks. And they definitely try to, like... You can't tell in the beginning, like, oh, is it him? Is it him? Yeah. Is it or is it not him? Because there's one scene where he's playing the piano in front of a judge, but then starts, like, destroying the piano afterwards because he's frustrated. hmm So they do leave some good, like, you really don't know who it is throughout the movie, you know? You don't. Um, and then the, another thing is that their, like, house mother, who is, you can kind of tell is kind of like an alcoholic, She's the second one to die. Um, and then they get, like, another... Cr- she dies by, like, this weird claw. Yeah. It's kind of, like, I want to say, like, a shipping sort of thing where, like, it picks up, like, really heavy boxes. But, so she's the second one to die. And then... And they're both in the attic, too. Yeah. The thing I found was, like, how do they not, like, smell anything weird? Or, like... Yeah. And if the police really were taking this seriously, they would have checked, like, every part of the house, you know? Yeah, like, they, like literally no one checks the attic or the basement. But, so, um, my favorite, like, thing about this movie is that you never end up knowing who killed them or why. I just felt like that was a good way to kind of keep it anonymous and be like, it can kind of be anyone in that sort yeah. of sense. Like, the only thing you know about this guy is that his name, I think, is Billy or something like that. And he's white. That's kind of it. Because you see his hand at some point. Oh, so it really could have been Billy from Silent Night, Deadly Night. You're right. Billy's <laughs> back to kill all these women. For, yeah. for pun- Actually, to punish them. I know, you're right. It kind of does check out. The one thing I did like about this movie is that, like, the girls are able to, like, like none of them are perfect in their own way, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're able to, like, kind of make mistakes, um, and, and do what they want. Like, Jess, I, like, loved Jess in this movie, because she, she's, like, Peter's, like, I want to marry you, and she's, like, Peter, I don't want to marry you. Like, yeah, no, Jess was definitely, um, a great character in this, especially at the very ending scene where, um, so at one point, the police, when they do start taking this seriously, they're saying, Jess, when you get this guy on the phone, keep him on the phone because we're going to track the phone call. Yeah. And they find out that the phone calls are coming from inside the house. So the one cop calls up Jess and says, Jess, listen to me. You have to get out of the house. Like the killer is or the person, the phone calls are coming from the house. And instead of just like bolting to the door, which honestly, that's what I would have done. Yeah, same. I'm out of here. Um, She like goes upstairs and she sees, like, uh, her, the other girls who had been killed. Um, not, not Claire in the attic, It's but, Barb, um, who's killed in her room, and I think Joan or something, that's her name? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then she, like, literally takes, like, a, a poker, like, a fire poker, and is, like, ready, and goes to the basement, and is kind of, like, ready to, to do what, what needs to be done. 
And then the cops also do think it's Peter, even at the end of the movie. The cops think, like, Peter's the one that does it. Because he is kind of creepy. He, like, creeps outside the house a little bit. Um, and he calls Jess and is kind of, like, yelling at her. And he says, um, he has to, I guess one of the things is that the guy who's killing them and doing the phone calls is, like, listening in on them. Because one of the phone calls, it says something like, there's, like, children crying, an old woman, and it goes, just like having a wart removed, which is something Peter said about abortion, which tells you enough about how how much of an asshole Peter is. But, yeah, I I liked this. I thought it was scary. Um, There's, like, you never, like, really know where it's going to go, because generally I did think, like, Jess was going to die, because at the end of the movie... She's basically in there, and Peter, like, comes into the basement, and all of a sudden, like, it zooms out, and it's just a shot of the house, and you hear her scream, and the cops come in, and they see her and Peter, and they're kind of trying to blood, and I was like, I literally was like, oh, no, they're both dead. But really, it was just... I thought, too. But I just, Peter was dead. Jess was alive, but she's, like, kind of, like, barely alive. Like, she's, like, sleeping. Like, she's kind of, like, you know, so exhausted, she kind of just, like, went to sleep, yeah. Or got knocked out this, or something. This is definitely one of those movies, because like we were saying about Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas also has, uh, I don't know, if does it have sequels or just a few different versions? It just has a few different versions. So they have one, I think, in 2006, and then they just remade it in 2019. Yeah, I definitely would go and uh, watch those two other movies, especially the 2019 one, because I feel like no one was really talking about it that much. Yeah, I agree. Like, get great reviews, um, which is surprising because the source material is so good and is definitely something that could have been expanded. Expanded on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the whole thing about this entire movie is that like you're hoping someone survives, and so they all all the cops think it's Peter and Claire's dad. I think ends up having to go to the hospital, so everyone leaves. They leave just alone in the house. Yeah. With like you as the audience know is the murderer. And the phone starts ringing, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. De- definitely um, a great movie. Yeah. I also thought it was cool when they had... So, the, the thing is that to figure out, like, where the, f- the phone call is coming from, they basically tap Jess's phone, and then there's... Um, the police station will get it, and there's some guy who's kind of trying to figure out where it is. So, I liked the scenes where they're trying to figure it out, because it's kind of like a three-way scene. Mm-hmm. Like, there's three people involved, and they go back and forth. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. To the uh, the cops not taking it seriously, though, kind of reminded me of, like, the health center at the college we went to. <laughs> when girls would just come in and be like, oh, I'm, like, really sick. And they would just be like, I think you're pregnant. Like, nope, that's not it. And yeah, that's not like, it. Kind of the same exact thing of, like, oh. They're at their boyfriend's house. There, <laughs> there is nothing more. Yeah, and when Claire's boyfriend comes in, he's like pissed, and he wears this really nice fur coat. I just have to mention that. Um, I really like it, and I really want it. But yeah, I I kind of want to know what happened to Claire's boyfriend because he like was really worried, and now she's she's dead. But I don't know. Like you don't really know if Jess survives. Like I kind of think she didn't because he's. The killer is still in the house. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to think she was still alive. Um, yeah. 
And it's just, the crazy thing about it is we never really do know what the motive is behind the killer. Yeah. And I'm glad we don't know, but then on the other hand, it's like, I want to know why he's going after all these people. Same. It kind of seemed like he had some sort of, like, history, because he had, like, other people, like, on the phone call, it seemed like he was, like, playing something, because it wasn't just his voice, it was, like, a man's voice, and it was also, like, people, like, women screaming or something like that. Like, there was something really weird going on with the, with the phone calls also. Yeah. How did they not hear that from inside the house? Because the phone was in the attic. That's how he was doing it. But he would have been also in the attic, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah, where the so phone I, call is coming know. from. I feel like... There's was, holes. Not that it was a small house, but yeah. I wish... I feel like that in real life they would have picked up, like, this is weird, like, someone's in the house with us. Yeah, there's definitely, like, plot holes, uh, like, kind of, like, in the sense of, like, why wouldn't someone hear, like, one of the girls dying or something like that, but, <laughs> you know, the movie's already made. I know the, the 2006 version, like, tries to give a, like, backstory to the killer, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I feel I would definitely want to watch uh, the next movie to see, like, what they added to it, you know? Yeah, I definitely want to see, like, what they add. I do think this is, like, a really great and, like, solid horror movie. Definitely, like, worth a watch. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, a great Christmas movie for the whole family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, you know... Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd. Let us know what you think. And we will see you next time.